0: All right. Let's uh, let's start in in John chapter eighteen. John chapter eighteen. We have been studying together these last several weeks what the four Gospels have to say about the second coming of Jesus Christ, and we'll wrap that up uh, this morning. There's only one mention of the second coming in the book of John, and if you're interested, I- I'll. I'll tell you what we're going to do tonight and next Sunday night. If you're not interested, don't listen because we want you to come whether you're interested or not. But uh, I, I've never I never taught this in, in uh, 30, uh, 30 plus years. Uh, but we're going to look this Sunday night and next Sunday night at all of the occult practices that are mentioned in the Bible. And explain to you what they are. And I, I'm, I'm doing this for a couple of reasons. One, because I've, I've not ever covered it before but the other is I I talked to a lot of missionaries and you talked to missionaries and Americans think that all the satanic stuff is in third world countries and it's right in your face every day in America it's it's just disguised cleverly so where people in in other countries are terrified by the devil people in America are entertained by the devil and they don't, they don't think the devil's the enemy because he's cute and he's fun and he makes them laugh. And, and so, anyway, we'll go through and, and look at those things uh, uh, tonight and next Sunday night. Uh, Lord willing, uh, if, if we start in on tonight and it's a disaster, then we'll just leave it alone and do something else next Sunday night. We'll see what happens. So, All right. John chapter 18, let's pray. Father, bless your word, please, this morning. And help us, Lord, to believe what we read and to be as excited about it as we are the uh, the things of this world, the temporal passing affairs of this life. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And amen. So, uh, I'm, uh, I'll be six, two years old next month. Uh, I, I've been through so many uh, end-of-the-world conflicts with Iran that don't even ask me about it. I'm bored with the whole thing. <laughs> honestly, honestly, the more you watch and read the news the more upset you're going to be about what man's doing. And the more you read the Bible and ignore what's... It's so funny. People say, well, the news is fake. The news isn't real. And all day long they talk about what they saw on the news like it's real. Well, which is it? Is it a bunch of fakers and liars? Are they, well, the ones I watch are, are true. Okay, let's suppose they are. How about the Bible? How about the Bible? You want to stay encouraged? Stay in the Word of God. You want to get discouraged? Read other junk. Yeah, one, two, three. Okay, you anyway, know, I, I I I was talking to a man last Monday, uh, last Monday. Yeah, he uh, has a big bookstore and, and they carry our books in there. And he's talking about uh, having trouble with sales over the uh, last so many years. You know about all the Christian bookstores that are closed? And I said, brother, most most pastors haven't read a book since Fox News went on the air. a fact, man, it just. It, People, that, the answer to this thing's not conservatism. The answer is Jesus Christ. Right, right. And the trouble in this world is not is not uh, people don't agree with you politically. Trouble in this world, people don't believe uh, agree with Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're going to stick with the Bible. It's the answer, always been the answer, always will be the answer. And John eighteen twenty eight. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas under the hall of judgment, and it was early. And they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. So These people thought it would be defiling to go into a, to a Gentile building on one of their holidays, but they didn't think it would defile them to have a mock trial and get the Romans to crucify an innocent man. That's, that's religion. That's religion. Pilate then went out unto them and said, what accusation bring ye against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. That's not, the, that's not an answer. What are the charges against this man? Well, if we didn't have charges, we wouldn't have brought him here. Well, what are the charges? Well, there, there's lots of them. Well, what are the charges? Just go try him. Should have thrown the thing out right then and there. Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him, and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. Now, it is lawful under the Jews' law. But the Jews can't practice their law because they're under dominion and bondage to Rome. Now, these men know their law well enough to know we can't go into a Gentile building Which means they must know their law well enough to know we can't put an innocent man to death. They know their law well enough to know that they are certainly allowed to stone blasphemers and put them to death. And yet they also must know their law well enough to know that if their nation was right with God, they wouldn't be under Gentile dominion. So these, these men, they're going to claim to know the law and believe the law and act as though they're trying to obey the law. And the truth of the matter is they've just perverted the scripture in almost every possible way. And they're trying to get Pilate to use his authority as a Roman ruler to kill a man they don't like all there is to it. But if we, just, if we just say, well, we just want this man dead, then they, they lose their whole facade of being religious and holy and, and the, the people of God. And verse 32, that saying of Jesus might be fulfilled which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Now, it, this is interesting for a number of reasons. The Bible prophesied, we read it in, in our communion service this morning, Bible prophesied in Psalm 22 that Jesus Christ would be nailed. The Bible teaches in, in other prophetic places that Jesus Christ would suffer and bleed and die hanging on a tree. In the law that God gave to the Hebrew people, there is no form of execution matching those prophecies. The Hebrew people, their secular government was given authority to put certain people to death, but never by crucifixion. In fact, as you read the uh, annals of history uh, back through time, this this matter of crucifying people seems to be a a Roman thing, if not entirely a Roman thing. It, It certainly doesn't reach back through the histories of the different peoples of the world. So what a a curious thing that the Holy Bible would prophesy hundreds of years before the Roman Empire, hundreds of years before Christ is standing in this judgment hall, that Jesus Christ the Messiah would be nailed to a tree and would die in that fashion. So while these men are doing everything they can do to get rid of Jesus in opposition to the scripture, they are in fact helping fulfill the very scriptures they despise in crucifying this man, the Lord Jesus, by turning him over to the authority of this Roman governor. Verse 33, Then Pilate entered the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself? Or did others tell it thee of me? I'll put it in our words. Do you believe that or did you just hear that? Is that what what you want to know or is that what you heard somebody else say? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? What's that got to do with anything? (laughs) Jesus said, do you think I'm the king of the Jews or not? I'm I'm not a Jew. You ever get out witnessing to people and you ask them a plain simple question, they give you an answer that's not the answer to the question you asked. He doesn't want to commit himself. Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests had delivered thee unto me, what hast thou done? You always haven't asked Jesus because there are no charges brought against him by the chief priests and by the nation of Israel that would warrant him being there in that courtroom. Jesus answered, My kingdom, now watch carefully, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now, Is my kingdom not from hence? Now we're talking about the second coming of Christ. And so I want you to get this very, very, very carefully. Jesus Christ has not come to wrestle the kingdoms of this world away from the Romans or the Medes and the Persians or the Greeks or any other power. And he says to Pilate, I am not. I am not. See the answer? My kingdom is not of this world, colon. Period. I have finished that statement. But I have another statement to make that requires the one that I just made. Are you the king of the Jews? No, no. My kingdom's not of this world. There's nothing going on down here over which I am the authority and the ruler. Next statement. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. Remember Peter drew the sword in the garden. Jesus said, put it away. Peter's confused. Jesus Christ is not going to fight the leaders of the nation of Israel. He is not going to fight the Roman governor. He is not going to raise an army to try and take over anything. Period. There's another colon there. Complete statement. That's what I've got to say about this. Now those of you that are, and I don't say this, I have no other intent in saying what I'm about to say than just saying what I'm about to say. Those of you who have been educated. I'm not not looking down upon that. I'm not lifting that up. If you have been educated, you have been taught that this world is much worse. It's a terrible place because of all the wars fought over (coughs) religion. And we would agree with that. And then they roll out the Crusades. Or they roll out George W. Bush. Or they roll out the, the Civil War and both sides singing hymns of praise to God before they shoot each other. All of this comes... From a refusal of people who claim to be Christians to believe Jesus Christ. What did he say in no uncertain terms? My servants don't fight for territory, my servants don't wage war to overthrow governments. I'm not trying to take over any seats of power and authority. Does everybody see that? Because here's what's going to happen. you got Stetson University right downtown. You're going to be six blocks away preaching on Friday afternoon. And a Stetson University student is going to say, Why should I believe in Jesus Christ when all he does is send armies down to the Middle East to kill Muslims and kill Jews to try and take over the Holy Land? Now, you know why he says that? Because it happened. And because he thinks those people were Christians when in fact they were Roman Catholics. Well what's the difference? We, we can't cover everything in one morning. So Martin Luther decides he's going to try to reform the Roman Catholic Church. And within, within just a couple of short decades his followers, the Protestants, are taking up arms and waging war against the Catholic authorities in Germany And so your college professors point to that and say, What happened to the Prince of Peace idea? People still don't believe what Jesus told Pilate. You, sir, are a Gentile authority in the world. I am not here to interfere with you. And he makes a third statement which is connected to the first two. That's why you have colons and not periods. But now is my kingdom not from hence. That now stretches from that day to this. That now reaches from the day that Jesus stood in Pilate's judgment hall until the day that his feet stand on the Mount of Olives in some future day. Not now. Not now. Lord, would you please, would you please take over the government in Washington? Not now. Lord, would you please stop those Islamic groups from? Not now. Lord, would you please rid the earth of communism? Not now. Lord, would you please bring peace on earth and rule and reign as the Messiah? Not now. Not now. What people are praying for in Jesus' name, what people are marching for in Jesus' name, what people are fighting for in Jesus' name, they can never achieve because all of it falls under Christ's words, not now. Not now. Keep reading. Keep reading. Pilate, uh, or, or Jesus said, but now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, now, i got to say one more thing about that verse. If his kingdom is not from hence, that means if he's in the world and his kingdom is not of the world and he's going to establish his kingdom, it is necessary for him to go out of the world prior to establishing his kingdom. He's standing on the earth he says, my kingdom doesn't come from here. So he's not going to establish his kingdom while he is on the earth. He is going to have to leave the earth and then make a second coming. A second appearing in order to establish his kingdom on earth. See why we read the Bible? Why we believe the words of the Bible. They they clarify everything the UN can't get clear on. Verse 37. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. As, as far as we know, biblically, this is the first conversation Pilate ever had with Jesus Christ. You know what Jesus Jesus looks at man right in the face and said, I know what you say about me. I know what you believe about me. I don't know about you, when I read the Gospels, to me, of all the things Jesus did that must have been the most unsettling, of all the things Jesus did that must have just, I I think this is still a a common term in our day, freaked people out in my day, blew their minds. How many remember when things blew people's minds? You can't say that anymore, it sounds violent. When people be thinking something and Jesus would turn and answer them, wouldn't, wouldn't that be amazing? How about, how about if your husband and your wife just turned to you right now and said, What do you mean you don't want to be here? <laughs> Isn't that something? And, and so Jesus says to Pilate, You say I'm a king. Jesus had never been in a conversation with Pilate. Pilate had never encountered Jesus before, but Jesus knew exactly what that man thought and knew and believed in his heart. Thou sayest, thou sayest uh, that I am a king. To this, now watch. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Now, why did I point out those those, um, uh, grammatical marks those punctuation marks in verse 36 because I'm going to do them again in verse 37 Pilate therefore said unto him art thou a king then question mark Jesus answered thou sayest that I am a king period that means I finish that statement and what follows is not connected the colon two periods these are two complete statements but they are connected these two statements are not connected to this end was I born. He's not saying I was born to be a king. You say I'm a king, but let me tell you why I was born. To this end was I born, if this cause came into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth, period. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice, period. Hear me. Jesus Christ was not born to be a king. He was born to bring a declaration of truth into the world. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures was buried and the third day Jesus rose from the dead if you will hear his word and believe his word he will save your soul and give you everlasting life whether you live under communism or a dictatorship or socialism or a republic or a church state it doesn't matter who's running the government you can be saved if you believe the gospel praise the Lord For that end, Jesus was born into the world. Now, Now listen, we've seen, we've established, we believe, we know he's coming again. And when he comes again, he will establish his kingdom. But he won't be born a second time. He doesn't have to be born to set up his kingdom. He's almighty God. He has to be born in order to live and die as a man to bear our sins and save our souls. I know it's the same person. It's the same person. But his birth at Bethlehem wasn't to bring peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was to die on a cross so your soul could be saved. And he accomplished that mission and left. He ascended to the right hand of the Father. Mission accomplished. You can be saved through Jesus Christ. Now when he comes again, it'll be set up his kingdom. And his kingdom's not from hence, not from down here. It's from up there. And he won't come to a manger next time. He won't be born to a virgin the next time. He'll come on a white horse as King of Kings and Lord of Lords and establish his kingdom. Two entirely different topics. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out. And what a classic, what a classic human response to Jesus Christ. What is truth? Well, stick around and I'll tell you. But he didn't. He asked the question and he left. He asked the Lord of Glory. Jesus said, "I am the way, the the truth." The truth is standing right in front of him and Pilate says, "What is truth?" and leaves the room. Turns his back on truth. Too much witnessing? Too much witnessing, you talk to lost people. Well, well, uh, you know, uh, let me tell you the truth about salvation. Oh, what is the truth? And then they then they turn their back on you and walk away. It's not that people couldn't know the truth. They don't want to stick around to hear it. And so out Pilate goes, and the Bible says in verse number 38, when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. But, well, that's how you end up in hell. I find in him no fault at all, but what do you want me to do? If you find no fault in him, you don't have to ask anybody what to do. You let him go. You tell them, you say, you all not go home or I'm going to lock you up. I find no fault in him at all. But you have a custom. But you have a custom. You know, many, you know how many people lose their souls because they care more about their customs than they do the word of God? Isn't that a fact? But you have a custom; I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will you therefore that I release unto you the King of the Jews? Now, now, watch this. And I—I I know we're just coming out of the whole um, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, season, uh, Christmas, Happy New Year, Boxing Day, all of that. I understand. God gave these people the Passover. He delivered them from Egypt's bondage by the blood of a lamb. He gave them the Passover meal. He gave them the Passover sacrifice and offering. He gave them the Passover remembrance. If you will read the entirety of the chapters describing the initiation of the Passover, the practice of the Passover, the laws regarding the Passover, Where's this stuff about one person a year gets a ge- get-out-of-jail-free card to celebrate Passover? Nowhere. They just made it up. Right? Now, when, when the Romans come in and they take over Jewish territory, Pilate doesn't say, let's get this over with so you can go sacrifice your lambs. Pilate doesn't say, well, let's hurry this along because you guys got to eat that unleavened bread tonight. What the Jews taught the Romans about Passover is something they made up that God never told them to do. Because because what became the focal point of their holy day was their customs, not their God. Sound like any society you know? You know, most people went to church the last couple of weeks and they got a heavy dose of custom sprinkled with a little bit of the Word of God. You know what the world thinks when we told the world this is, this is Christ mass? How much of that does the world think has anything to do with Christ coming into the world? Not much. Not much. You know why? Because all the professing Christians love the customs and could take it or leave it when it comes to the Bible. And the world looks at us and says, Oh, wow, you guys, your customs are pretty much like ours, aren't they? And Pilate the Roman says to the leaders of the Jew, Well, let's get on with this custom thing. Every year we let somebody out of of prison this time of the year, and he says, "Um, Will you therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. How about that? So the last time God was here manifest in the flesh, he said, he said, allows Pilate to say to the leaders of of the Jews, Do you want... King Jesus? Or do you want a robber? And you know what they wanted? They wanted a robber. And you know something? For the last 2,000 years, people have just had a continual complaint. Our government is a bunch of robbers. Our religious leaders are a bunch of robbers. Our, Our tax collectors are a bunch of robbers. Our neighbors are a bunch of robbers. You asked for it. You had a choice. You could have the truth or you could have a robber. And the people stood in the streets and cried, give us a robber, give us a robber, give us a robber. The Lord said, okay, I'll I'll give you robbers for 2,000 years. You don't want Jesus Christ? I'll give you that guy. You want you want Jesus Christ? I'll give you that government. You don't want Jesus Christ? I'll give you that economy. You like robbers? I'll give you robbers till you're sick to death of them. Now, to to stay with our theme of the of the past several weeks, what has the Lord done to stop false trials? Nothing. What has the Lord done to stop corrupt religious leaders? Nothing. What has the Lord done to stop men abusing their power? Nothing. What has the Lord done to stop the robbery and the theft in this world? Nothing. Jesus said, My kingdom is not from hence, I am not now a king. But if you'll hear the gospel and believe it, you know what he'll do? He'll take the robbery out of your heart. He'll take the abuse out of your heart. He'll take the corruption out of your heart. He'll take the false religion out of your heart. He's not here to save the world. Not now. Not now. He's here to save you. He's here to save you from the world. Now, let's go to Matthew 24 and Mark 14. Matthew, I'm sorry, 26. Matthew 26 and Mark chapter 14. You know the unsaved people when they talk about God, they say if there's a real God, a loving God, a true God, He'd fix all this mess that's going on down here. No, He wouldn't. No, He wouldn't. He told you clearly in your last public encounter with Him, that's not what He's came to do. He will come again to do that. But that's not what He came to do the first time. Matthew 26 and verse number, let's start at verse uh, 57. When they had laid hold on Jesus, uh, and they that laid, had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now this is the Jewish authority, not the Gentile authority, Pilate, Pilate Gentile authority, Caiaphas, Jewish authority. Where the scribes and the elders were assembled, but Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace. And went and sat with the servants to see the end. Can I ask a question? You read, have you ever read the Old Testament? The high priest's palace? Palace? Really? I mean, what, what's funnier than the, the Pope making statements about how it's uh, unrighteous to build a wall? Yeah. About income inequality. The guy sits on a throne and lives in a palace and has a team of accountants to try and keep track of all the gold and the art treasures and the corporate holdings. What a fraud. The high priest that God ordained in the uh, the wilderness before the children of Israel went to the promised land, he lived in a tent just like everybody else. He ate the same food everybody else ate. He had the same income everybody else had. What's he doing in a palace while the Messiah is born in a manger and grows up poor and works as a carpenter until he's 30 years old? And when he begins his public ministry of three and a half years, women have to follow him and provide him with food. And, he, and the foxes the, have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has not where to lay his head. And this guy Caiaphas hauls Jesus into his palace? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking about all these multi-millionaire preachers and you're saying, Boy, what a corrupt operation. It's been that way for a long, long time. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. Which is exactly not what he said. They're trying trying to get him on anything. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God. (laughs) If that guy knew who he was talking to, he would have said, I adjure thee by you. Because he is the living God. That thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, thou hast said. Period, with another period on top. You see that? Are you the Son of God? Yes. Are you the Christ? Yes. Period. But I got another statement to make. That I can't separate from this one. Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. I want you to see this. I want you to get this. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's, are you the Son of God? You said it. Jesus Christ is the Christ, the Messiah. Uh, They ask him, are you Christ? You said it. But I am not here to sit in power. I'm not here to sit in glory. I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. I am the Son of God. But it won't be until I come again in power and great glory That I will establish my kingdom and manifest my deity for all to see. Everybody, see that? Why is this so important? It's important for two reasons. Number one, Jesus Christ didn't come to set up a kingdom and fail and get himself crucified, he came to be crucified. He came to die on the cross to pay for our sins. But secondly, no matter what they may wish, this whole world has not seen the last of Jesus Christ. He is coming in power. He is coming in glory. He is the King of the Jews. He will be the King of kings. He will sit upon that throne. He will rule all nations with a rod of iron. It's not plan B. He didn't fail and go home to lick his wounds until he could rebuild his strength and try a second time. Oh, no, oh, no. There were two purposes in view when Christ came into the world. The first time, to suffer and bleed and die. The second time, to destroy his enemies and establish his kingdom. Now, take a look at this passage. He says, he says, hereafter, hereafter. What's he in, Rome, or in Jerusalem to do? Die at the hands of the Romans. What's he in Jerusalem to do? Be rejected by the nation of Israel. What's he in Jerusalem to do? To die and pay for the sins of the world. Hereafter, once I've accomplished that, ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, comma, and coming in the clouds of heaven. Now you know what's going to happen here? Think of this. Here's the leaders of the nation of Israel. Correct? And Jesus said, Hereafter ye shall see the Son of Man sitting, where? Son of Man sitting, not on earth, not on a throne in Jerusalem, on the right hand of power. Fast forward, not a year. These same man, are sitting and watching a man named Stephen recall the entire history of the nation of Israel and how they rejected God's truth every time he sent it to them and finally crucified Jesus Christ. These same men, these same men, rend their clothes, take up stones to stone Stephen, and Stephen looks up and says, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of the Father. Amen. It's exactly where Jesus said he was going. He didn't say, I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight, you're not going to kill me, I'm going to take over the government. He said, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to go down that cross. And after I do that, you're going to see me sitting on the right hand of the power. And Stephen says to those same men, there he is. There he is. You crucified him. You buried him. God raised him from the dead. He ascended the right hand of the Father. He's sitting right where he said he would be. They couldn't stand it. They couldn't stand it. They gnashed on Stephen with their teeth and stoned him with stones. They didn't ask Rome's permission that time. They just went ahead and killed Stephen right there, right there in the street. The Bible says in verse 65, Then the high priest ran his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him. That means to punch repeatedly with the fists. And others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? And in that day of judgment, can you not picture the Lord sitting on that great white throne? This man comes to stand before him and Jesus says, by the way, you asked me a question. You put a blindfold on me and hit me in the face and you want to know who did it. You were the fourth man to hit me on the right side. <laughs> Be pretty tough. You, oh, you're the one that you, you spit right here. Your, your spit hit me right here. See, they're dealing, with, they're dealing with God Almighty, manifest in the flesh. But he didn't come to fight them. He didn't come to overcome them. He didn't come to take anything from them. He came to die for their sins. And he accomplished that. Book of Mark, Book of Mark, Chapter 14. Mark 14 verse 60 And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus saying Answerest thou nothing what is it which these witness against thee But he held his peace and answered nothing Again the high priest asked him and said unto him Art thou the Christ the Son of the Blessed Jesus said I am When Moses met God at the burning bush He said, how shall I identify you to the people? Tell them I am. Art thou the Christ? I am. Mm. And ye shall see the Son of Man sitting in the right hand of power and coming, and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest went his clothes and saith, What need have we? Many further witnesses. Ye have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him. Him to be guilty of death. I know that most of you here today are saved by the grace of God because you've trusted Christ as your Savior. But I want you to see something here. Jesus Christ is asked, Are you the Son of God? Yes. Are you the Christ? That's the Savior. I am. You know what they said? It's blasphemy. He's claiming something and it insults God. Every one of you today knows from the Word of God, the Holy Bible, Jesus Christ claimed to be the Son of God, and the Savior you either take him at his word or you agree that he is a blasphemer there's only two options either he is telling the truth or he is guilty and either you will trust his death for your salvation or you will in your heart render him worthy and deserving of death. Caiaphas says in essence get him out of here. The chief priests and the elders say in essence get him out of here. Why? He's not who he says he is. Get him out of here. This morning if you're not saved what you have done again and again and again are, and are in danger of doing again this morning is saying, he's not who he says he is, get him out of here. I don't believe him, away with him. I don't care if you kill him, I don't care if you send him back to heaven, I don't care what you do, just get him, get him out of my face. I don't believe he's who he says he is, away with this man. Or, you'll be like Pilate. I think he's innocent. I think he's who he claims to be. But if I don't get rid of him, it's going to be a very unpopular move. And in order to maintain my popularity, I'm going to crucify him even though I know he's not guilty. And some of you, young people, Some of you, adults, you're still not saved because you don't want to be talked about like saved people are talked about. You don't want to be cast out of your little circle like saved people get cast out of their little circles. Pilate knew who he was, but he wasn't worth it. He wasn't worth it. Some of you, you don't deny that Jesus is who he says he was he's just not worth it I I couldn't have been but five or six years old when I knew and understood that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin and died on a cross and rose from the dead and that he was the Savior I don't think there's ever been a day in my life I doubted that But I didn't want, I didn't want to take him over the world. I didn't want to take him over my circle of friends. I'm so thankful God was merciful to me for years and years and years and years until I finally, finally said, why am I sending Jesus away to try and stay in favor with these people who don't believe in him? I'll trust him as my savior. This morning you may be like Caiaphas and the Jews. You just think he's a flat out liar. Or you might be like Pilate. You think he's telling the truth but he's not worth it. I'm telling you Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. If you'll trust him as your savior, you'll you'll say with me and, and so many others here today who are saved. Why did I put that off? What was I doing, what was I thinking to reject Christ for all those years? Don't do that, don't do that. He said He's coming again hereafter. What's the here that He's coming after? Saving sinners who trust what He did for them on the cross. If you've not been saved, what a way to start the year. What a way to start the year. if I come forward and get saved, there's people here, they think I'm saved. And what do they say about me? They'll say, praise the Lord. It's wonderful. It's wonderful that he got that settled. It's wonderful she got that settled. Don't send him away. Don't reject him. Come to Jesus and find salvation for your soul. Father, thank you for giving us your word, the truth, in the Holy Bible. I pray, Lord, that everyone that knows you as their Savior be Rejoicing and excited about your coming again. I pray, Father, if there be one, if there be many among us today that have never, never, never done anything but send Jesus away. I pray that today would be the day they trust Him and receive Him as their Savior. In Christ's name we ask. Amen.